0: Welcome to the Venice Church Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm the lead pastor at Venice Church. We're so grateful that you would take time to lean into a teaching from one of our weekend worship gatherings. Each week, one of our pastors opens the Word of God with a relevant message in the hopes that you are inspired to live and love like Jesus. We invite you now to open your heart and mind and lean into the Word of God. Grab your Bibles. Go to Exodus because that's where we're going to dive in in just a minute. And what you've just heard from Jasmine about community groups is just one more thing that we want to provide as a church to help you move forward. Because if you haven't been with us throughout this year, what I've been praying for is your progress and mine. That this will be the year that that, that we move forward. And when I mention progress, I'm not talking about the things that we think of when we make New Year's resolutions. Look, I'm glad that some of your New Year's resolutions is to make more money than you've ever made in your life, and ain't nothing wrong with that. Just don't fall in love with that money, amen, somebody? Ain't nothing wrong with making some money, but don't fall in love with it. Don't make it your idol. Don't make it your number one pursuit, and make sure whatever you get, you give gl- glory to God with it. I'm glad that you want to get healthier. I'm glad this is the year you want to lose weight, but don't take care of your body and neglect your spirit. Don't focus just on getting physically healthy and not spiritually mature because progress and forward is not always the way we think about it. And I'm not talking about just moving forward towards the goals that you might have that are completely noble and necessary. I'm talking about making progress. Because I feel like anybody ever feel like maybe in the last 2 years or maybe long before covid ever showed up that you feel stuck. Come on, somebody. Come on, talk to me, church. You just feel stuck. Maybe it's in your relationship with Jesus. Maybe the last couple of years that you were at once on fire for God. You were on fire for your relationship with Jesus. You were making God's word a regular part of your life. And then somewhere along the way, life happened like it often does. And you disconnected from those things that kept you growing in your faith. And you lost sight of some of those things. And next thing you know, you went from a nice rhythm to a really bad rut. Come on. Or maybe there's been moments in the last few years of your life that you got dealt a blow. <laughs> Something really, really difficult. Because the last couple years especially have been marked by a whole lot of loss. And that loss and the grief of it has so crippled you that you don't know how to move forward. But what I'm telling is like even the wounds of your past don't have to put chains on your future. <laughs> even the wounds of your past don't have to put Chains on your future, that God is calling you forward because He always is trying to take you from where you are to where He wants you to be, and there 's always a new place to go. come on somebody there 's always new things to learn about him there 's always new ways to grow in him there 's always more ways to be like Jesus in every place that we put our foot, like we, God is doing something in us from the, from the moment that we are born, and especially the moment that we choose him, and i don 't know what your step forward is. Right now in this season of your life, but I'm asking you to figure it out and take it I don't know if it's about making progress in your marriage because somewhere along the way y'all just became really good roommates and it's unhealthy and you need to step towards the God-ordained Beautiful thing that is marriage that God intended for your house I don't know if it's moving forward that, you know what, it's time to have that uncomfortable conversation with your kids because their discipleship is ultimately your responsibility. I don't know what it is that God's calling you to, but God's calling you to step towards where you are to where he wants you to be. Y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And we've been looking at the story of Moses to do this. And we've been looking at some verses throughout the scriptures that remind us that we all have a purpose, that we all were created by God. We've leaned into Ephesians 2.10, I think every week of this series. Can you lean back into it one more time with me? Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. And what I'm saying is, it's time to start walking that the the very movement nature that's in that verse that yeah you were created for something but you got to walk in it you got to move toward it it doesn't just happen it's a progressive thing that is done in you and through you as you walk with him as you study his word as you connect to his body things are supposed to be changing in you and if you met jesus ten days ago or ten years ago, and you look exactly like you did then, then something's wrong. If you think like you did then, then something's wrong. And we've been, we've been looking at this story of, of Exodus because, to me, it is the, the greatest unstuck story in all of Scripture. And now, listen, look at me. I know the bigger picture of what's happening in this book is God fulfilling his promise to Abraham. That ultimately the story of Exodus is about God's redemptive plan for humanity. That's the big picture idea of what's happening. That humanity is lost and broken and evil and sinful and in need of a savior. And for some of y'all, that's the step you need to take. You're still sitting broken and dead in your sin and God is calling you to repentance to see Jesus for who he is, receive his salvation so that you can finally live. if that's you and you've never taken that step i don't know where you are maybe that's you maybe you're you're still like you've been coming to this church and you've been hearing all these things but you still think that you can just be a good person and that's all there is about it there are no good people remember when jesus that guy said good teacher he said why you call me good ain't nobody good but god that we're all broken and sinful in need of a savior and i know that's the bigger picture but i also think that in these stories that god has given us there's these little details he wants to teach us There's these things about these people. And no, you're not Moses and neither am I. But we can learn things from his story. Come on. That there are things about what God is doing and the way that he is doing it that we can lean into. Because even throughout the story of Exodus and through Moses' story, God is revealing things about how he takes people from where they are to where he wants them to be. And that's what we can learn. And there are principles, I hope, that you're, crabbing onto, that you're doing more than just sitting in this room or watching these things online and thinking, okay, that was good. What's happening when you leave this place is what matters. What you're doing with the word that he's giving you when you step out of this building will determine whether or not you're making progress. And so we've been looking at Moses, and last week we got to this place in the story where God is finally bringing his people up out of Egypt. The people of God had gotten stuck. See, we're not the first ones to get stuck. This Bible is full of people who constantly got stuck, and God had to say, all right, it's time to go. It's time to move forward. It's time to get unstuck. And it was rarely voluntarily. <laughs> Come on. Very few, because see, it stuck, we, we said, I think, week one, we'll stay where we are, even if we don't like it, just because it's familiar. And God has to say, God has to kind of kick us in the rear end a little bit. Anybody, God ever had to kick you in the rear end? Can I say that in church? I'm gonna Does God ever had to kick you in the rear end and say, move, go, get up, like poke you a little bit, get you moving. And God chose this man named Moses to be that catalyst to getting his people unstuck. And y'all, we've, we've walked through some of the story. Moses goes back to Egypt and he tells Pharaoh, it's time to let my people go. And Moses knew that God was gonna harden his heart. And so all these plagues happen and, and all this crazy stuff happens until finally the last, the firstborn son gets taken and the whole Passover that we, we will lean to, into at some point. But God finally al- allows Moses to be in a position where Pharaoh will let them go and they start heading out. But it's so interesting <laughs> That the what happens next over this story is this 40-year-long journey. Because sometimes God getting you from where you were to where He wants you to be, it takes time. It does not happen overnight. And the path in which He takes you to get you from where you are to where He wants you to be is rarely the one you would choose. It's rarely the one that you would pick. We read this last week. Look at it with me. It's Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 and 18. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. God don't do shortcuts. It says, for God said, if they face war... They might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. That Have you ever really paid attention to the path that God led the nation of Israel to get them to the promised land? Let me, let me show you. Pull that picture up, guys. I want, you just to, I want you to visually see the way this went. I want you to see the path that they took. Look at that. Can y'all see that? Anybody else feel like that's the way God takes you? Come on, you look at like, bro, that's my life. Because you see up here in this, to, to my left, where that, that one is, if you see, it's really small. That's where they were. Canaan is right over here. I'm like, God, did you use MapQuest? Because this, y'all remember MapQuest? Nobody even uses MapQuest anymore. Y'all remember when you had to go somewhere? Remember when you actually had to use a map on your quest? And you, some of y'all are like, I just put it in my GPS. I don't know what you're talking about. There was a time, anyway. But just look at this. It's like, it's like God saying, I'm taking you from Randleman to Tennessee, but we going through Atlanta. <laughs> you look at that path. It makes no sense. And you know what? More often than not, I can personally give testimony to the path that God has led me to get me where he wants me to be is not the one I would have chosen. If I had to map out, man, I think about so many moments in my life. I would have loved to not have to go through two miscarriages to get my kids here. I would have loved not to have to make so many dumb decisions to learn to do it the right way. I look at the path. I look throughout the history of our church. Next Sunday will mark the four-year anniversary of us being in this building. And some of y'all, you've only known this this part of our story. Some of y'all don't know the purgatory that was set up and tear down. <laughs> but. I don't have time to tell you all the twists and turns and things that that led us to moving into this space. But I know you can identify that the path that God chooses to lead you on, to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be, very rarely makes sense. So that thing that you have in mind, that place you feel like he's calling you to go right now, it's probably not going to be the way that you would prefer It's going to be a lot longer with more twists and turns and bumps and things that you would, in so many ways, it's not going to look. The reason why I need you to know this is because if you know it going in, it's maybe a little more tolerable when you're on the road. (laughs) And can I just remind you, though, like this is the way God operates. Look at Isaiah 55. You know God's smarter than you, right? You know God sees things you don't see, right? Isaiah 55, 8 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's like, I've I've got a way that I'm going to do things that is not going to make sense to you. That based on your small little view of things... Is going to seem so silly. There's going to be times that God God leads you to a place and you're going to say, God, how am I going to get there from here? You're going to look at where you are and think, God led me here, but I'm trying to go there. Him leading me here makes no sense if he wants to take me there. Testify somebody. Like, I mean, think about like our church. Y'all know this was supposed to be a church plant in Greensboro, Right? God took me to Greensboro to get me to Randallman. That, same, that may be seen backwards to some people. But it's amazing what God will do. He will not, he will not guide you on the path that you would pick more often than not in, in the steps he, he takes you. It's going to be unique. It's going to be different. And here's. it's going to be so different. Look at me. It's going to be so different. You're going to share this with other people and people are going to think, you crazy. Are you sure you're following? There's going to be people, even maybe good Christian people, think, you sure you're following God? Because that doesn't make any sense. And that even happens in this story. Look at, look at chapter 14, verses 3 and 4. Exodus 14, 3 and 4. It says, Pharaoh will think the Israelites were wandering around the land in confusion and hemmed in by the desert. It says, Pharaoh will think these Israelites, they're just crazy. They're just dumb. They just don't even know where they're going. There's gonna be people that look at the path that you're walking in obedience to God and think you're crazy. Look at me. If you're gonna follow God, you're gonna need to be prepared to look crazy before some people who don't understand it. Come on, somebody. You've had people tell you that. I remember when I told people I was going to plant a church. What? Why? You? I remember when I told people, um, yeah, this church is not supposed to be in Greensboro. It's supposed to be in Randallman. Are you sure? Yeah, I think God wants us to move into the Old Lowe's Foods and make that the place we're going to worship. But there's another church that's already got a lease on that building. Come on. There's going to be moments... I say that to say this, be careful the voices that you listen to. Be, care, be careful who you share, what God's doing in your life with, because if you share it with the wrong person, they will crush your spirit before you can even blink. Because the path that God picks We'll look at times, you don't think that there are people looking, now, now there's some reasons that their time in the desert was, was kind of by their own choosing, but God had very intentional reasons with why he led them where he did. You got to trust that God knows what he's doing, even when it doesn't make sense to you, because if you lean on your own logic, you will eventually get stuck. That's why Proverbs tells us, Proverbs 3, you know it, come on. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Look at verse 5 again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Look at me. God wants you to use your head, but He operates outside of your understanding sometimes. And the nation of Israel, they follow this path. And they move towards this specific direction that God is calling them. And there comes this moment when Egypt and Pharaoh discover, what did we just do? (laughs) The Pharaoh has regret over the fact that he let them go. Because he realizes, I've lost my labor force. I was dependent on them doing all this work. No, we got to go after them. And so he gathers together all these hundreds and hundreds of chariots, this fierce fighting army, and they pursue the nation of Israel. Look at verse 10. Exodus 14, look at verse 10. It says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. So they move forward, and next thing they know, they look up, and the nation of Egypt and his fighting army is chasing after them. You ever feel like your past is trying to hunt you down? Come on. You ever feel like, to me, that's what I always think about when I read this story. The nation of Israel, where they are in, in Egypt in these chariots, is like their past is where they were. And you ever feel like, yeah, you're moving forward, but it seems like your past is coming with you? And it seems like no matter how far you've gone, no matter what you've done, no matter how many strides you've made, no matter how much freedom you think you've experienced, no matter how much you've changed your lifestyle, no matter how many times you've gone to church, no matter how many times you've seen to sever some relationships that weren't healthy, it's all of a sudden, bam! There they are. There's somebody to remind you of who you were and what you did and all those dumb decisions that you once had. I just scared some people today. I think my daughter just freaked out a little bit. Come on, do you understand what I'm saying? You ever look up and you feel like your past just won't go away? Come on, talk to me. It just seems like it's there. You wake up and you have those temptations that you had 10 years ago and you thought you had moved beyond that. You thought you had dealt with that thing and the next thing you know, here it creeps back in. You thought that was the, the final time you would use and the next thing you know, you wake up and all you want to do is get a fix. That had been three weeks since you would look at porn and then you wake up that morning and the house is empty and next thing you know that temptation begins to brew in you again. It just feels like it's hunting you down. And see, in that moment, the enemy wants to creep in. And what he's going to try to do is convince you that retreat is the best option. There will be moments, look at me, that the enemy tries to convince you that it's more attractive to retreat than to advance. Did you hear what they said? They said, we were better off there. What a moronic statement. How quickly they forget. Did they not remember what a day was like as a slave in Egypt? Especially the last several days that they experienced where they had to get up and they didn't have enough supplies and they worked and they worked and they worked. Sometimes you can live as a slave for so long you don't know how to be free. So much so that you long to be a slave again. And the enemy says, wouldn't it be better to just go back? I know you've given your life to Jesus, but wouldn't it be better just to go back? Come on, you know this is too hard. You know the expectations are too much. Come on, just, just go back. Just go back. But to me, they use the wrong word. They say better, but what they really mean is easier. That's really what they mean. It would have just been easier. It would have been easier to go back. And see, that's what the enemy's really trying to With Jesus is always better, but I've learned a long time ago, it's rarely easier. Forward with Jesus will always be better, but I don't know that it'll ever be easier. Testify somebody. (laughs) I've, I've never been shy about telling the people of this church, consistently pursuing God, consistently walking with Jesus, look at me, it will be the hardest thing you ever attempt to do. It is difficult. It is hard. The enemy is real. Temptation is at every corner. And we live in a culture that constantly wants to convince you that God's word isn't true and there is a better way. There's an easier way that's not a better way. Easier and better are not the same things. And when you get in that moment, when you're chasing after that God thing, when you're moving forward toward him and it gets difficult, the enemy's going to say, Wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be easier not to get up and go to church today? It's 17 degrees. Wouldn't it be easier to sleep an extra 30 minutes instead of getting up and reading your Bible like you committed to do while walking through releasing the Word? You're tired. Wouldn't it be easier just to sit on the couch and watch Sports Center instead of go to men's community group on Thursday night? Don't trade easier for better when the enemy comes and starts planting that seed in your brain. Y'all with me? Say amen. And then they find themselves in the most precarious position. Because between where they are and where they need to be, on one side is the Red Sea, and on the other side is this army barreling down on them. You ever found yourself in that position where by God's leading you're in between a rock and a hard place <laughs> and what's funny is we think well God if you're going to take me the long way it should be the easiest way right if you saw that map there was a place that they could have moved towards their promised land that like they, they're moving down put them on the bank of the Red Sea and they start to freak out See, the reason why they're freaking out is not just that their past is chasing after them, it's the pathway to their future has an obstacle in it that they don't think they can overcome. So it's one thing to move on from your past, but then you come to this place headed into your future where there's this insurmountable obstacle. There's this thing you don't know how you're gonna get through. There's this thing that you need to keep moving forward that you don't have. The good news is, when you're at your limit You're at the position for God to best show off and demonstrate glory for Himself and to display dependence on Him. But y'all, they're freaking out. But look at verse 15. Exodus 14, 15. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Listen, tell the people of Israel to go forward, lift up your staff. And stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. That the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. They're all like, Moses, now what we're going to do? You have led us to this place. And God's like, I brought you right where I want you. Look at me. Because if God's led you to it, he will make a way through it. I know that rhymes. It's good. You should write it down. If God led you to it, he will make a way through it. Come on, if God's led you to it, I don't care how big it is, I don't care how insurmountable it seems, if God has led you to it, now this is the thing, the key part of that sentence is if God has led you to it, if you have led you to it, you might be in trouble because some of us find ourselves in a precarious situation, not by God's leading, but our own choosing, and then we want to beg him to bail us out. And God's saying, you're asking me to bail you out of a, way, a place you've sinned your way in. And let me just tell you, he won't always do that. That even in his eternal forgiveness, sometimes he still lets us suffer through earthly consequence. And so if, if you're standing at a Red Sea situation, you better hope it's by the leading of God Because if it's the result of your own choosing, it might be a little bit different. But if God has led you to it, again, I keep coming back to this building. Y'all don't know how much of a miracle the fact that you're sitting in here is. I don't even have time to tell you all of it. God led us to it, and eventually he made a way in it, because that's what he does. It took about seven years longer than I would have preferred but it happened. And if God's led you to it, he'll make a way through it. You have to trust it. And God's about to prove that he's involved in all of this. But I love what happened. There's parts of the story we never really pay attention to, y'all. This is where we just jump right into Moses going, whoo. And we watched all the movie and we see Charlton Heston raise his hands and in like 30 seconds it goes, and so it kind of creates that expectation. There's a couple things that are in this story that don't get put in the movies. Look at verse 19. In this moment when, they, when they're stuck and this army is barreling down on them, it says the angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel and their army withdrew and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud also moved from in front And stood behind them, coming between them, their armies of Egypt, and Israel. And throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Did you see that? What God did was intentionally position himself between where Israel is and where they were. That God intentionally put himself between them and their past. I just thought this way. Isn't a sense of what Jesus did? That Jesus knew your past separated you from God. Come on. Your past has separated you from God. Your sin, look at, for all his sin and fallen short of the glory of God. Your, sin has, your past has separated you from God, and what Jesus wants to do is separate you from your past. He wants to position himself between where you are and where you were so that you can be made right. Does that make sense? Isn't that good? You see that imagery there. It says, and, and, and God didn't leave them. He just positioned himself in the best place for their victory and his glory. And that's what God is always doing, is trying to position himself and you ultimately for his glory. This whole story is about his glory. Go back and read it and see how many times it says, then, then Israel will know, the glory of the Lord. Then Pharaoh will know the glory of the Lord. Then, like he keeps saying, everything I'm doing is to make my glory known to everybody involved. Everything that God does is not for your benefit, but for his glory. And you just get to live in the benefit of his glory. It's for his glory separated you from that place. Move into verse 21. It says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. And the waters divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry land with a wall of water on their right and on their left. Again, we read this in these movies we watch. they don't paint it right. Did you notice what it said? It said it took all night. It says Moses stretched out his hand and all through the night the waters started parting. Can you imagine? They're like, Y'all, y'all see that? What, what is happening right now? All through the night. That minute by minute, hour by hour, they stood on the seashore with this cloud between them and and partly I wondered did, did they put this cloud, did God put this cloud where they couldn't see the army? Because he said, I don't want you to look back, I want you to look forward. So much so, I'm going to put my presence where you can't even see that thing that's walking you down because I don't even want you to look at that. I want you to look at this. I don't want you to look at what was. I want you to look at what is. I don't want you to see what you were. I want you to see who I am. Woo! I want you to see what I'm doing in front of you right now. What I'm doing in front of you right now. And all through the night, nobody went to bed. I can't, be like, Somebody fell asleep for 30 minutes. That water's still moving. I fell asleep for like 10 minutes. Water began to part. And then it says, they stepped out and they walked through on dry land. And we also think about that. You know, there was somebody like, I ain't going in there. Why? Because if I get on dry ground and know, right now, I know I'm safe here. In there, if that water crashes down when we get in, we all gonna die. Come on, some of us are those people in the room be like, I'm gonna let y'all go through first. <laughs> or some of us are like, I'm going first, <laughs> and we're sprinting through that joker. See, there come a moment. Even when you see a miracle of God, you got to trust it'll hold, right? To step foot in the shore of the Red Sea is to say God you got this right I'm trusting this is gonna hold I saw you do it but I need you to keep doing it till I get to the other side I need to you ever been in a place like that where you stepped out in faith and like God please let this hold <laughs> we're stepping out in faith I keep coming back to this building just because it's so fresh I remember like all right God we're making this decision. We're stepping out, and this is gonna cost a lot of money and all these different things. Gotta hope you got this. And this is what I've learned. You, you can trust it will hold when you know who holds it. You can trust it will hold when you know who holds it. You can trust it will hold when you know who holds it. And it says they cross over on the dry land. They go all the way through to the other side. And then here comes Pharaoh and his army. And it says in verse 27, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea at daybreak and the sea went back into its place. And the Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. And the water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen and the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea, and not one of them survived. And now the nation of Israel was positioned to keep moving forward. So can I ask you, trust the Lord's lead, even when it defies your logic. Brace for the criticism that will come from others when that path doesn't make sense. Do not let the enemy convince you that where you were is better than where you're headed. If he led you to that thing that you're staring at right now that seems insurmountable, if he led you to it, he will see you through it. If you stepped out in faith and you're so worried that if something breaks, it's going to be over, trust He will hold the waters back and keep moving forward. By your heads, close your eyes with me. I don't know where you are. I don't know what part of this message hits you right in this place. I don't know what step it is you need to take. I don't know what it is you're questioning and doubting. I don't know if you're in the middle of the sea, so in, in such panic that the walls might come in. That's, you made it into the sea, but then you sat down, so paralyzed with fear to move forward that you don't know what to do. I don't know where you are, but I wanna pray for you today, because I feel like something in this message is hitting people in the room and online. So if you need your pastor, whether I know you personally or not, to pray for you, can I ask you to do something really bold? Will you just stand up on your feet? I don't even know what it is, but I wanna pray for you. Just stand up, say, Matt, this, this hit me, man. There's something, you need, I need. I need prayer. Amen, come on. Just, there's, there's something in one of those things that I know that I'm struggling with and I need you to pray for me. Just stand up right where you are and stay standing. Just stand up. I wanna pray for you. Amen, come on, Stand up. If you're watching online, just put pray for me in the chat. I don't even know specifically what it is. God knows. But I want to look at you. I want to see your face. I want you to take that that courageous step. Like if you you won't stand up in this room, how are you going to step out when you get out of it? Anybody else? Amen. Maybe it's something that's just holding you back. Maybe it's that wound that's become a chain. Maybe it's just... You need clarity from God. You need him just to build your faith and strength. For those who are seated, will you join those who are standing? And I wanna read one more verse before we leave. It's Psalm 121. It says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. God, we trust your word. We lean into it. We leave it as the foundation that we stand upon. And God, for every person in faith and courage who stood to their feet in this room today, God, I thank you so much that you know every single detail about their situation. You know every place that they're hesitating to say yes. Every place that they need to say no. They they have yet to. God, you know all the things that are around their situation. And God, I pray that you would infuse them with your spirit and you would give them power, strength, wisdom, discernment, courage, conviction, all the things that are necessary to keep moving in the direction that you desire. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Give God some glory. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. Remind you to join us tonight at five o'clock for releasing the word. Until then, we'll see you. We love you guys. Give God some more glory as you head out. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We hope what you have just heard has inspired you to live and love like Jesus. If you'd like to know more about Vintage Church or to get further connected, we invite you to visit us at our website at vintagechurch.net. We'd also encourage you to download the Vintage app. There you can find more resources about how to get involved and grow in your faith. You can access the Vintage Church app by going to app.vintagechurch.net. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your spiritual journey, and we hope to see you soon.